Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. I mean, aren't they tube socks? Or are they? I God, I haven't heard tube socks since I was in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this a is this going to be a weekly thing where you just you just go flashback back to the eighties and bring back shit? <laughs> we could add that with to billfold, <laughs> billfold, and um, what was the other what was what was the oh other thing? God, I don't know. Oh my God, I'm going to be so mad because I can't think of it. Yeah, billfold and oh, a car note. (laughs) Oh, sir. So, car note, billfold, and tube socks. (laughs) Who's the older one in this relationship? We definitely know it's you. Oh Oh. my God, it's so good. It's been a rough week. It has been a rough week, huh? So, what's been rough about it for you? Um, well, I think just in general, the rough week has been Tyree Nichols. That's been, that's been really awful. Um, you know, I, I follow a bunch of different accounts and, you know, every one of those accounts brought up the beating and, and, and I sit here and I started Kindred, right? So I I, I started Kindred, which I'm mm-hmm. liking. And it just, <clears throat> I, I am still in awe and, I, and I'm not, I, I can't say as a white person sitting here that I'm that, oh God, I'm so surprised this is happening. I, I feel like it's never stopped. And, right. and to sit here and to think I'm watching a show that talks about slavery in the 1800s and to, to think about just how, how black people are treated and, and commodities. And we get into 2023 and it is, there's nothing that has slowed down there. It's tough. It's tough huh? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I was talking to a girlfriend about it, a really dear friend of mine that I love and, you know, she had said, I don't know if I can, if I can watch the video. And I said, I, it's not you that needs to necessarily watch the video. It's the people that don't believe that it still exists that wa- that need to watch the video. Yes. Yes. Um, thank God for that street cam. And I, I yeah, I, I, I think we, we, you know, on our podcast, we normally spend some time and we have a lot of fun and we 
you know, and we'll, we'll definitely continue that cadence. I think this is a, a necessary conversation because if you don't talk about it, that just means that's my privilege saying I don't have to talk about it. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really good setup. Actually, that, that is a good setup because, because it is okay to acknowledge and you just did. It's okay to acknowledge that an event um, or police killing or a lynching, that is hard to talk about that. That's okay. That's a very human response. It is hard to talk about. A very human response, which you said also, it's hard to watch that. And and that's that's okay because, you know, I... I think in most people, in most people, is something in us we do not want to watch a person be killed by another person. Mm -hmm. We don't want to watch that. Like in most people. And it's okay to acknowledge that. And so there was a lot of debate. There's always a lot of debate about how much do you broadcast um, something like that? So Tyree Nichols was, uh, you know, he's from here in Sacramento. Yeah. Or spent time, I don't know if he's from here, but yeah. Skateboarder, really lovely man. And he was on his way home in the city of Memphis. And he was stopped by five police, initially five, what they call elite unit police officers who are part of the Scorpion thing. And they're supposed to tackle like the worst crime in the city, which always equates to get black people, right? That's yeah. th that's that's what that means. And so they said, and it's been proven to be untrue by the chief, they stopped them for a traffic violation. So let's just put aside that your elite squad is doing traffic. Yeah. Right? Traffic as a pretense to get people. Even so now. The chief said, no, that's a lie. There's no evidence of that. And that goes to something I've written about before, that when there's a police-involved killing or something, I'm telling you, just, you always notice this now that I'm telling you in our audience, the first statement put out by police, the official statement, is always a lie. Wow. It's always a lie. It is always a lie. So anyway, and then they proceeded to beat and stomp him to death speak stomp tase him to death and he was 80 yards from his home oh. and his 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 cries out were i'm just trying to go home and finally when he knew the end was close he did what people have done in the past what george floyd did and many other people he cried out for his mother uh, he, he cried out for his mother and and he was dead. So the Memphis police chief, who was a black woman, who used to be a police chief in Atlanta and was fired, and she's in Memphis, she immediately fired the five black police officers. And they were arrested and charged with murder. And the last I read a day, I think yesterday, maybe it was today, four of the five had bonded, bonded out. Wow. And then... A few days later, they quietly suspended, pending investigation, a white officer who was there. And that's a whole other question. Why wasn't that person and their face paraded like, yeah. like the other cops, right? And then 
the fire department fired three first responder fire department people who did not render aid. They were there. They saw everything. They, they did not render aid. Oh, and yes. yeah, and I think two, including like a captain, I don't know all their titles in a police and fire department, but a captain and two other like medic type uh, uh, firefighters. And I think also um, a couple have been fired from uh, the responding ambulance um, units. So that's a lot, right? That, that, that's a lot that that's, I mean, it, it's a lot. And but at the end of the day, that, that man is dead. He was a father. He loved photography specifically, specifically taking photo uh, photographs of sunsets and he was a skateboarder. And for all intents and purposes, he was pretty chill and he's dead. He's dead. For no reason. For no reason. And, and yeah, a day later, the chief goes, a few days, okay, we're, we disbanded that unit. Like the scorpion unit is no more. And, you know, then, and then, and then before they released the tape, they started putting it out in the news. Oh, it's going to be really bad. It's the worst we've ever seen. Cause it's a long tape of him getting just, just massacred by all these people. And then Los Angeles, DC, uh, Memphis, all these places where there's heavy black populations started mobilizing their police units for riots and this kind of stuff. Now, never mind, we had six months of notice that white people were going to invade the White House or the Capitol, and nobody mobilized anybody. Nope. Nobody mobilized anybody. Nobody got mobilized. Even hours after it was going on, nobody got mobilized to the U.S. Capitol. But just the idea that a, a, a lone black man was killed brutally by police. We're going to mobilize cops all over the nation. <laughs> and of course, nothing happened, but it's just a show of power. So his funeral was today. We're recording this on Wednesday, uh, February 1st. And I watched a lot of it. And it, it's hard. It, it's hard. It's hard to watch. Because like you were saying, um, it's... When does it end? Because it's been going on forever. And then when does it end? Then you go, well, maybe it doesn't end. And I'm 58. And, you know, we're in our, you're in your early 50s. But our parents and my grandparents, and I would say you as a woman, we're fighting the same issues that our parents and grandparents were fighting. It's yeah. the same stuff, police brutality, uh, women's right to have abortions, um, uh, um, gas wars, right? Um, banning books, burning books. Banning just, education in, in certain yes. states in Florida. Florida said, we, we're just, we're going to take black history out of the, the college curriculum. Take it out. And the colleges and the college board. And the college board is the people that, you know, they run all those SATs and PSATs and all that kind of crap who can get into college and all this nonsense and bullshit and they said okay they took it out took it out so I, you know i've written before our country cannot make significant progress because we're always stuck fighting the same battles yeah and so yeah going back to tyree nichols was a, a, a horrible sad case and to your point you know i i didn't watch the video i've seen enough 
Yeah, you don't need to. But I respect people who do watch it. And I respect it, that, that, that we have generational DNA trauma from that. It just, it doesn't go away. And it's, and actually it's proven scientifically. And so I, so I, I wrote about it and I just said, look, I respect the people who do it and I'm a writer. So words are what captured me. And so I write um, things and I, I appreciate um, the descriptions of what happened because that, that's our emotion. We write and we convey our emotions, thoughts and uncertainty and we make it so that people can understand we do it with clarity and I don't need that PTSD and a lot of black people don't. And I understand like what you were saying that we do want people to say because you go, you know, it's not unusual. And that's why I needed that, that song by Nina Simone is called Strange Fruit. And what that song, that song is about lynching. The strange fruit is black people hanging off trees. And so then it brings up an interesting conversation because, and you may have seen and heard this. So someone will say, how can it be racism and the cops were black? Oh God, yeah. Right, right. And it's a very simple answer to that. The, the system of policing is racism. Yep. The, the, the system of it is that anyone who joins that, you are part of upholding a racist system. And in order for you to survive and thrive, you have to do what is required of you. And you will be as brutal as anybody else. And that is proven statistically that black cops are as brutal as any white cops. There's no difference. And so it's not the race of the individual, it's the system. That system is designed to just do what it does, right? And so anyone who says that to me, I, you know, I'd let them know up front, you're not going to do a gotcha on me and say, oh, they're Black cops. That's not a gotcha. We know that. We've been knowing that for 100 years. That Maybe that's new to you, but that's not, that's not new to us, right? And, you know, I don't tell people how to grieve, how to react. Whatever reaction people have, particularly black people, that is an earned reaction, whatever it is, whether you're angry. And you know what? I never put someone's property over someone's body because people will also say, well, why would you destroy this store? You know what? That store is not more valuable than that person that's dead. Like yeah. your property is not more valuable than this individual. But that's what you hear. You hear that kind of stuff. Well, the property, you know, the property doesn't matter. You, that that's a product of capitalism and let it go. Um, and so, you know, I, I left it at, I once wrote about, you know, um, anger without a home. Like, where do we as black people go with our anger? Like, where yeah. do we go? Like, we could talk to each other. We can't talk about it at work. You know, we can't do it at Walmart. How do we express and what do we, what do we do with our anger? We, we don't attack the capital, right? Yeah. We, don't do like, we don't do like Timothy McVeigh and bomb federal buildings. You know, even though we get pulled over at TSA at a higher rate, it's not us bombing airplanes. You know, like, where do we go with our anger? And as soon as we do get angry, we see something like this. The first thing white people will tell us is, be nice. Just don't do anything. Just, you know, let's work together. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Give me space to be angry just like you, like, give me space to be angry. And America doesn't, we don't have a space to be angry. We can't, we can't, we can't talk about it at work. You know, we can talk about it with our friends, but 
that's really about it. You know, we don't, you know, CNN moved away from it. You know, they have a, a conservative guy said, we're going to go away from um, Democratic stuff. We're going to just do conservative stuff. We can't really do it. You know, we don't own the networks. We don't own the newspapers. So how do we express our anger? And you'll know this one of the re- at a really tiny little way. One of the reasons I wrote my book, BLNPD, was to express anger, was to flip it upside down and say, the heroes of this book are the people who are killing cops and lawyers and prosecutors and judges, corrupt. They're bad people. They're the heroes because we're used to seeing Tom Cruise, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Matt Damon, you know, all these, all these white action heroes, John Wick, they could kill anybody, CIA agents, the military, the FBI, you know, they could blow up a planet, a building, an airplane, as long as they're doing it to save their family or to prove their innocence, they still come out the hero, killing everybody. But you don't see black people, you rarely see women in those kind of roles. And and it's an expression of anger. So I wrote that book, you know, I want to express some anger. I want to flip it upside down. So, you know, anyway, I was saying a lot. I, I don't know. I don't know where we go from this. You know, um, there's no energy in the Congress to pass tougher gun laws. There's no energy to get rid of what's called qualified immunity where cops can just kill with impunity, right? There's no, there's none of that kind of stuff. You're not going to restrict guns. You're not going to, you know, defund the police or, or restrict the police or anything like that because the police are in place to keep white people comfortable in this country. That's, mm-hmm. that's their sole purpose. Just keep white people country and comfortable. And everybody, not everybody, but most people know the very idea of police came with slave catching. That's it. That's what started the policing in America. Runaway slaves, go catch some slaves and bring them back. And that that whole mystique has not gone away. First and foremost, the police are there to keep our people in, in check. Because you think five cops from an elite squad had to pull over one black man. What they lied and said was a traffic violation. Traffic. I mean, I was in school. My traffic guard was a little old lady. Like, do you need five elite police officers? And now we know that it was a lie. So I've come back. I've come back around to this. One or more of those cops knew him. And that was a very personable, personal uh, beating, lynching. It was very personal. If I learned anything from Dayline, when when someone gets beat up like that, up close like that, it's personal. It's not just some random stranger. So you think, okay, I, 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 I never even thought the, the words that they used in the video and the stuff that they said. And, and if, and if you want to know as an audience, I, I would encourage you to go watch. Cause I don't, I don't need you to relive the, the words of that, that there was so much like hatred or it yes. just, I, so I, I never even put that together. So yeah. And I'm and I'm basing that only on just being an older guy. Just like, wait a minute. The the chief already said the they pulled the the traffic violation. There's no evidence of that. So then you go, well, why did they stop it? And then why did five people beat him up? And or actually, now it sounds like seven. It was a five white five black guys and at least two white guys. And the one that they fired, she he was tasing the black guy, and he was known to say, I hope they really get him. 
And it just, it makes me think some one or more of those cops knew him. And wow. it just, and I don't know why. Like sometimes if you live in a small, not in just a city, I mean, when you live in the hood, you see the same cops all the time, right? Because someone has those routes. And when I grew up in East Oakland, we would see the same cops. And I wasn't breaking the law, but you see the cops, the same, the same cops. So you don't have to break the law. They're just there, right? They're just in your community. And whatever, whatever the reason, one or more of those cops either didn't like him, had some issue with him or something. And they killed him. They murdered, they murdered him in, murdered. in broad daylight. And you know what they were doing, Jen? They were saying all the things that they were trained to say out loud so it captures it on, on the audio because they had turned their cameras off. But luckily, like you said, they had the overhead city cameras. And they were saying the things that they know. Uh, it sounds good because it comes out in court. They were saying, they kept yelling, show us your hands, show us your hands, stop resisting, stop resisting. And I think it was the New York Times that documented they in, in the span of, I think, five minutes or something like that, they were beating them or eight minutes or something. They had those um, six or seven cops that called out 117 different commands. Wow. No matter, no matter what he's doing, he is not obeying one of those commands, one of many of those commands. But you hear it on audio because then they play that kind of stuff in court and say the cop was doing what they were supposed to do. He wasn't complying. And and somehow, and this could be any person that's being beaten up by police, um, but it's far too often black people, far too often black men, but it's far too often people of color, period. But somehow through, you know, a million years of human evolution, that in that instance, when your brain is only going to tell you to try to survive, somehow while they're beating you, you're supposed to just lay there. Against all your evolution, all your brain that tells you to cover yourself, tell you to try to stay alive, they're saying, well, you shouldn't have ran. Now, remember, they're in an unmarked car. There was no lights, no sirens, no any of that. Just five big black men jump out of a car, pull you out of the car, and start beating the hell out of you. And you're supposed to just lay there, hazing you. And there are people, I saw people online, but why did he try to run? No black people say that. It's never black people that say that. (laughs) (laughs) Just un. It's not a a movie. Uh, It's not a movie. No, right. It's not a movie. And, and, And everything in your, everything in our DNA tells us the one, the, the main job we have to do is keep ourselves alive. And if you think you're getting killed, you're going to try to protect yourself. But the cops will say, well, he wouldn't comply. But we gave him 117 different instructions in the five to eight minutes. Well, but so what? We were we feared for our lives. He didn't have a weapon. Oh, my God. He was 140 pounds. 140 pounds. And you need five people to do that? Like that, it just, it's it's unfathomable. Like when you think about it. You just, you can't wrap your brain around five people. Right. You know what I was thinking? And I I don't know where to go with this, but you know, those, those cops, they have 
parents, maybe spouses, ex-spouses, kids, kids. friends. Like, what are, the, what are their circle of people thinking and doing right now? Do you know what I mean? Like, right now, rightly, the focus is on the victim, his family, and so forth. And they have the funeral today and everything. But I'm thinking, like, if that's my friend, like, if my friend was one of those cops, and I see that, and I I might go to his house and I might beat his ass myself. Yeah. Or I mean, I the the right? the 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 hope is that they all go to jail and then they get, you know, they get the shit kicked out of them and right. Yeah, that's the hope. Right. Yeah, that it just anyway, I know that was lot it was really heavy. And that is a you know, just a huge topic this week. And um we're gonna uh, let's make a in no a, a a bumpy transition to I was thinking about you today because I was talking to my daughter about um, I was telling about what we were talking about last week about secret um, non-vegan food um, or things that are in food that you don't know yeah that make that makes it non-vegan and it made okay. me think, yeah it made me think about like we were talking about last week so what are you eating this week. Um, I am still on my kick of, of the mushrooms that I've added. Like I ground them all up, the mushrooms, the portobello mushrooms, and then I add jalapenos to it. And then I wrap it in a burrito with some vegan cheese. I am just loving it. I can't. And then I found these bagels at Sprouts. They are protein bagels. And um, you know, not everybody can, you know, I'm, pri- I'm privileged enough to be able to, f- to afford them. They're not very, uh, cheap, but I've been putting avocado on the bagel in the morning. Oh, with oh. a little bit of salt and chili pepper. I mean, I think I might have that for dinner tonight. That sounds good. It's so good. <laughs> so good. I'm just a simpleton. You know, I make I've been enjoying, I bring, I make these vegan peanut butter cups and it's now I've got the recipe down, no problem. And I bring it to a girl at work that I work with who is pregnant. So she has a sweet tooth and I bring them to her and she's just like, I I mean, I need the recipe for this because they're so good. So I'm enjoying just learning some new recipes, adding little, because I don't like cleaning up. So I like cooking and Mm. I like the whole thought of creating something, following a recipe, but I fucking hate cleaning up. So that's what stops me sometimes from exploring more. That's a good point. You know, I just remind me, I saw a story on the news today. This is not really related, but it is food related. And this parent found out that his six-year-old, when his parent found out that his bank account was running low (laughs) and when he tracked it, his six-year-old had ordered about a thousand dollars from DoorDash. Oh my god! A thousand dollars in food from DoorDash. What did the parent not see it coming? Three almost four hundred dollars from Happy Pizza. <laughs> I said, you know what? You know, look. Look, I don't, I don't know why a six-year-old knows how to even do that. Like maybe it was yeah. an accident. But speaking of quinoa, that's all that boy would be eating for the next month. 
<laughs> I'd be like, come here, Spanky. You get quinoa for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Until I get Wait my a minute. So he did all in one like order? Um, I think it was, it, it was, it was like the, the, um, the, the, I read, I finally read the story because the headline was funny, but I said, there's got to be something more to this. So the, the detail was the dad had given the boy his phone to play with before going to bed. So somehow the kid opened up the DoorDash app. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess it had happened a couple of like a couple a few times, but what happened was um eventually his bank or one rejected because he didn't have any money, like he had just spent all the money. <laughs> and then the finally, right, finally the dad got an alert. Hey, hey, broke mofo. <laughs> You're not getting your food. He's like, what food? <laughs> I was like, I bet that little demon didn't even tip. <laughs> Holy crap! That is insane. <laughs> Fucking kids are kids are right? crazy. <laughs> I'd be like no college for you. That's it. College is over. <laughs> I'll put you to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was speaking yeah, of just funny stories. I was. I can't even. I, I couldn't control myself. Voice memoing you back and forth with the movie, you people. <laughs> God, I love that movie so much. Oh my! Let me just say that first of all, seeing Julia Louis Dreyfus back on, you know, back on TV, and then I know. I mean, I know she was in in Veep and all that. I haven't watched. I, I didn't watch all of Veep, but to see her and then just the first ten minutes with Jonah Hill and the family at the. Jewish, I think they were at Yom Kippur or something like that. So like mm-hmm. fuck. And the dialogue between the people attending Yom Kippur talking to Jonah Hill and then him not registering, like all the conversation going on, and then <laughs> telling Julia Louis Dreyfus that he thinks that the doctor would, you know, wanted to see his penis or something. And Julia Louis <laughs> Dreyfus said, Oh, yeah, he's in big trouble. And I mean, like, just <laughs> Just the unbelievable back and forth in that first 10 minutes had me weak. He's like, he's like, you think you just said that first? (laughs) My God. I said, this is, I mean, it was very, I know you posted on your, on Twitter, on the tweets, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, but it was funny, awkward, uncomfortable at, you know, at, at, at points watching parents and how they were navigating how julia louis dreyfus was trying to be relatable to the premises jonah hill starts dating an african-american woman whose father is eddie murphy and jonah hill's mother is julia louis dreyfus and david duchovny like where has he been Um, and they're trying to accept you know her father makes it really difficult and doesn't really want to have anything to do with him and her mom goes overboard with trying to be relatable um, and making everybody uncomfortable. Just a really great, well-written, super funny. um, And and it hit a lot of, it hit a lot. I mean, a lot 
of conversation within within the the movie. It did, and you know what? I, I did write about it because it it gets uncomfortably cringy, right? Yeah, cringy. because and I think it, it's a good. I think it's really, I think it really shows the power of comedy. Like comedy can really get to the heart of things. And if, if it's done, if it's done in a way that it's intelligent, silly, but really biting, you know, it can really work. And Eddie Murphy, you know, he's, he's a, Eddie Murphy is fantastic. And like you said, Julie Louise Dreyfus, I mean, they're at their peak and peak. And there's, I mean, Jonah Hill held his own. And like you said, David Duchovny and Lauren London, who was, um, she and Jonah Hill were the, were the couple. And it was basically a who's coming to dinner yes. deal, but for both sides of the family. Yeah. So you got the Jewish family and you got the black family. Then her father, in addition, was like nation of Islam. No, he was, the, he was just Muslim. Like he, he had Muslim. just recently, recently converted. So he was very gung-ho, right? And... And they just, the, you know, all the little weird, difficult conversations, the stereotypes, the arguments over, you know, the Holocaust versus slavery. Oh, oh food, my God, yeah. I've heard right? about that. Oh, my God. And it was just like, I, you know, I talked to a few different people, and you're watching going, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Just no. And <laughs> because she meant, he mentioned... He mentioned um, at dinner, was it Farrakhan? Uh, was it, who did he mention? Yeah, they did it. Yeah, they talked about Farrakhan. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, her whole demeanor changed. <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, this is so uncomfortable. And they oh. get into a fight about it. I mean, I'm telling oh. you, if you need something to watch and you want a good, you know, a fun love story, uh, a, a, a different perspective on yes. on interracial relationships. Um, it, it was yes. it was really good. It, it was really good, and I and I think um, and I think it would. I am certain I'm going to watch it again, but I am certain there are some of those scenes, particularly with with Julia and then also with Eddie, where they are just they're just ad libbing. Oh. They're just ad libbing funny stuff. They they just go, and I I know whoever would like the director, I think it was that guy, Kenya Burris. And I think Jonah Hill was one of the writers as well and producers. And I bet they were just like, just keep the cameras rolling. Just let them just talk. Because they shit. would just, yes, it would just be absurd, but just be so rough. And you know what? So, but I want to say that I read some criticism of the movie. Oh. I read some criticism of the movie from, from some black people. And I read some criticism of the movie from some Jewish people. And I was like, okay, let me see what this criticism is about. And, I, I don't agree with it, but I, you know, so okay. But people can criticize those things where some people were criticizing, well, both sides are criticizing the stereotypes. And I get it. But my perspective was they were leaning into the stereotypes to draw out the absurdity of the stereotypes, yes. right? And they were making it funny in the meantime. And, and I think also it's different when you have unproblematic people. Eddie Murphy is just Eddie Murphy. And Julie Reese Driver is Julie. I mean, who doesn't love, who doesn't love Elaine, right? Yeah, how can you not? And I, all throughout the show, I just call her Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> she was so awkward. <laughs> she was so awkward. And then, and then when she, when she was at her most awkward, I'd be like, I just call her Laney. <laughs> 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 like we're old best friends. Oh, lady, no. 
<laughs> oh, it was good. So I think, yeah, I could see that perspective of coming from both blacks and, and Jewish folk, um, yes. because it was a very, I mean, it was a pretty raw moment that could happen to anybody that yes. has, I mean, legitimately. So it was just, you hear, you heard two different perspectives because they were comparing the Holocaust that they, I think they were saying they were trying to up one each other with yes. which one was worse. Was it the Holocaust or was it slavery? And that was yes. the conversation. So I'm as the white person sitting there going, Holy shit. Like there's right? a genocide that happened, but there's also slavery that happened, but that still <laughs> continues. That's still happening in 2023. You know, like right. you start to, you start to like take on both. You're listening to both sides of it, but yeah, they were, yes. they made that they made, they, they they made yeah. it i mean i'm telling you i i i enjoyed it i thought it did what it was supposed to do and that was to get me to see the perspective to laugh um through it all and then to really to realize that this is this is not just a one off situation this is yes yeah. yes i i and i just say you know what i i think they did it really well yeah. like i i watched me and um me and my partner Elian watched the movie and I was, I was dying. Like I was, I was dying and I just, and I'm going to watch it again. And I know those cringy parts and you know who else was really good? The um, Jonah Hill's podcast co-host, Sam J. Yes. She, Oh my God. She, she, was, she was a scene stealer. She was hilarious. Hilarious. They even had some Obama conversation in the yes. opening credits. And I wish yes. I can remember what the topic was, but she, like yes. buying drugs from somebody. I, I can't remember. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And you know what? And I think, I think there was just like a really good um, balance footing in that Eddie Murphy is a superstar, yes. right? I mean, Eddie, you know, Eddie Murphy is just, you know, he's huge. And Eddie Murphy is just Eddie Murphy. And Julius Dreyfus is also another superstar. And I think he wasn't, he wasn't making fun of her from a, I'm bigger than you. And I'm, I, I'm the, I'm the star of this show. And she wasn't to him. And Jonah Hill and Lauren London were just like watching their parents, like, just be like, just absolutely obnoxious in different ways. Where Eddie, you know, was super black. And Julia was was really when she said, "Oh, I'm gonna have black grandbabies. They're so beautiful, and now we're a family of color." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. She was trying too hard. <laughs> oh Lord, my god! Laura Lander was like, "I am not a toy. Please stop that." <laughs> oh, it was so damn. funny. It was good because. You know, you think you're like, wow, Julia Louis Dreyfus, this is a standard, right? By acknowledging yes. rather than saying to a black woman that she's just beautiful and or whatever you want to call out on, but to actually to actually go in and talk about different hairstyles to try to be relatable yes. like that is just you wouldn't do that to uh, a white woman. You wouldn't do that right. to a Hispanic woman. Why are you doing that to a black woman? Right, she just went so far, and all the time you want to keep telling, telling her, "Stop it! Just stop it! Just don't say anything else." And she'd be sitting at the table, and go, 
well, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, Jonah Hill tried so hard. He took her out of the room and then, and then he takes her out of the room and then he hears his dad playing the piano and he's playing John Legend. <laughs> he kept asking her about that rapper from the 90s. <laughs> like, oh my God. I don't, oh. Like, I don't, I don't know him. <laughs> oh, God, so that, that's been, that was really good. That was, um, that was nice and lighthearted and, and really good. I, I, my brother even said it was funny. He was talking about how he thought it was, there was awkward moments, but also really funny moments. And um, I, yes. I definitely share that sentiment. Yes. So what else are you watching these days? I am watching, um, I talked about it last week, Your Honor, which I get oh. so pissed off because they only do one episode a week. So I'm caught up on that. And it is... Brian Cranston is phenomenal. It's just so good. And then Mayor of Kingstown, Mayor of Kingstown is epic. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Epic. Truth Be Told with Octavia Spencer is so good this season. The Servant on Apple TV I'm in the middle of. Um, I started watching Kindred, which I'm really enjoying um, based on the recommendation that you shared. And then our friend Margaret said it's really good. I'm a little, I'm not looking forward to the end because she said it'll leave me hanging. So that's disappointing because I'm like, how is this even happening? That's really, really good. Um, I'm watching the Salt Lake City reunion because all the girls are there, but Jen Shaw is not there because they filmed it. They filmed it before her sentencing. Oh, got it. She didn't want to go on that show doing the reunion prior to her sentencing so she wasn't she's not on the reunion but you know i gotta watch that um i gotta get ready for my vanderpump rules which starts next week and i think one of the housewives maybe new jersey's coming back so uh, i got a full docket because you know i also have my standard abc nbc fox like the resident the good doctor um what else is on there that i'm oh uh, Lone Star 911 came back. You've got regular 911. Uh, so I'm watching those. And of course, those are just every week. So I got to be patient. But it's kind of it's there's been a lot of good stuff. And I and I know that more stuff is coming. You know, like I think you on Netflix will be starting next week. I think they'll do it. Oh, two yes. Season. Yeah. Yes. I think he's in France this season. Yes. Because he left Something like that. Yep. Um, so you's coming back. I think there's a couple things like on HBO that are be coming back in Showtime, like Billions and and hopefully um, Hack, but Succession's coming back. So I'm excited for a lot of good shit to come back up while I'm watching really good stuff. You know, I always wonder, how do I watch? You know, I, I go to bed by 8.30 usually during the <laughs> week. Um, so I don't know how and why I get to watch so much TV, but let me tell you, I am not mad at it. <laughs> right it's okay like, what are you watching so i think i was telling you about this show it's called physical on netflix apple, oh netflix or apple netflix uh netflix okay. and it's it's a it's a korean game show oh yes i forgot you told me it's that. so it's a hundred people and a bunch of athletes from like mma wrestling um, boxing, um, gymnastics, and then just uh, athletic professions like 
um, mountain rescue, firefighter competition, competitive people, a lot of CrossFit people, and then also just some regular people like um, dancers and people who just may just be strong. And it's a hundred of them. And they're just trying to find who's the most physical. And so they do these, you know, you, you know, Korea is where um, squid games come from. So they do a lot of these squid games, squid games type contests, and they just slowly eliminate people. And, and the first real contest was basically they divided you, you know, 50 this way, 50 that way. And you had to pick one of the 50 uh, or half of the people had to pick another person they wanted to do a head-to-head competition against, but they didn't know what the competition was going to be. So anyway, and it's men and women. And so once they get all set up, this is just the first round. The competition is you have these two uh, courses. One is just like a, uh, a beach kind of scene with water and sandbags and stuff. And another was sort of like a playground sort of, or like a, an obstacle course kind of deal. And there's a weight ball, those big gigantic leather weight balls. And the person who has the weight ball at the end of three minutes is the winner. And the loser goes home. You're out of the whole competition. Oh, yes. So it's a, and so, and so they all know the other's profession. Like if this is a weightlifter or arm wrestler or boxer or whatever. And so the 50, you know, you get to pick and you can pick, if you're a man, you can pick a woman, if you're a woman, you can pick a man. It's just one-to-one. And these, these uh, competitions, they get into fights and wrestling and headlocks and throwing each other to get down to fit to be. It is brutal. Like, it is brutal. And it's, they just start getting a fight to the death for three minutes. And if no one has the ball, because you're like locked in headlocks or something, they extend it another minute until someone is a clear-cut winner. And it is... It's just really good. Like it's really good. So wait a good, minute. Yeah. So if I picked you, say you're, we're on this competition, I pick you as my partner. We wrestle for three minutes, and the last person, like we try to wrestle the ball away from each other. So you could, or you could run out of the gate really fast, grab the ball, and try to just play keep away for three minutes. Oh. Right. Or, you know, yeah. And if they catch you, they're just trying to take the ball. And some people just came out and said, "Look." I'm just going to fight you for two minutes and 40 seconds. So you're locked up and then I'm going to try to run and go get the ball. So there's a lot of different strategies to do. And, you know, it's really interesting because some of the women beat the men, the big, some of the big guys that are like massively strong, you know, giant weightlifters or wrestlers. Sometimes they would lose to, you know, smaller person because there's a lot of strategy, but there is a lot of, a lot of it comes down to wrestling techniques because you end up just in a scrum on the ground and you're trying to get away. And, but it's really like, I don't know if you could do a contest like this in America. It's really brutal, but I'm loving it. Wow. Okay. And are, is everybody Korean on there? Um, so it's in Korea, but there are, I've seen at least one black guy. There's at least two, at least two white guys. I think one is, is a, a, a Brit, and I think one might be from America. And then some of the Koreans um, are not, they've lived, they they live, they don't live in Korea. And some have come back. And so 
but for the most part, you're looking at at least 40, 45 Korean people. And so I have the, the, um, the, uh, the little words come on the screen. What is that called? The, the subtitle, I have the subtitles, subtitles on. Yeah. You have to see like what they're saying. Cause it's, cause there's a, there's a lot of low key, really respectful trash talking. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it's in Korean. You have to read it and watch it. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to, you know what you don't have to read it because they're just fighting. But Dang. but uh, that's only that's only the first few episodes. You're going through these rounds of elimination, just people fighting over this ball. And then then I've looked at some of the previews. It just gets more bonkers as it goes. And it's just I don't know. I just find it I find it entertaining. Wow. So so they it, every week it's wrestling this ball until they probably narrow it down, and then there'll be other competitions. Yeah, because it's um, because it's 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 a hundred people, so you got to go through fifty matches, right? So if you lose, you go home, you're out. They're getting they're getting it down to fifty people, and then there'll be another series of events. Like the first round is just if you lose your three minutes, you're out. That's it. You get one shot at it, and you're out. And it's so it's pretty intense because you go well, like this one guy was a dancer. And the other guy was a farmer. And these guys were massive. I mean, just massive. And this guy was like, well, my strategy is I'm going to knock him down. And then I'm going to just like choke him out. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that to a couple of people. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's just really, it's, it's odd because I guess I'm just not used to seeing this type of sporting event yeah. in America, particularly where it could be man to female, man to woman. And actually there was one match that was really brutal. It was, it was this lady, she was a weightlifter and she was ripped. I mean, her arms were massive and she picked this guy to go against it. I'm gonna pick you. And, and he was like, okay. And he said, well, you know, just fight to the death. I'm gonna fight her to the death. And she threw him a couple of times, but then once he, she tried to throw him, I forget. I think he was uh, forget. I, I don't. I forget what his profession was, but he 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 kept his balance and threw her. And then you know what he did? No. He put his knee on her sternum. Oh. And she couldn't get up, and, and she was just stuck, and. And then he did something like really creepy. It made me think he might be a serial killer because all the, all the other contest, contestants, they're waiting their turn and they're like elevated. They're like a, um, a balcony and yeah. they're looking at, they're looking at them. And then all the women were rooting for her. And he looked up at all the women and just started pointing to him. Like he was going to kill him. Oh <laughs> Lord. Yeah. He's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. <laughs> and he ended up beating that lady, but it was like, it was really creepy how he beat her with his knee. He just, he was like crushing her sternum. And yeah. yeah. And then it's so funny because, because it's a different culture. So after every match, immediately everybody gets up, hugs, bows to each other, and then walk on out the, out the court. I don't know. That's incredible. I, I, find, yeah. I find it pretty fascinating. I mean, listening to you tell me, I'll, I'd rather you listen because watching something like that and then having to read, oh, fuck that. <laughs> oh my god you, that. you don't have to read it's just i like to 
I like to hear all the weird things they say. So, oh my God. <laughs> okay, so, the like... other thing is because it's February 1st and Black History Month, yep. uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is on Disney Plus. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes. So, I, I, I saw it at the theater, of course, but I'm going to watch it again because it's so good. I'm going to have it's to get so your um, Disney login. Yes. You know what? Speaking of that, my daughter told me that Netflix is starting this thing where you can't share your login anymore. Like Hulu does. So she said what they're going to do is, I don't know the whole story, but she said that they're going to, like, your your home IP address, right? Yeah. Wherever you mainly use. They're going, if you don't log into it every seven days, it's going to lock you out. Jesus Christ. Right? Like, what is that? It's so hard to type in such a long password and your email right? when you go to log in. Oh, you know, my God. You know what I told her? They're going to be another one of those companies that go from, we love you. This is the best thing ever to, we absolutely hate you. Yep. Right? They they're, they're doing it right before our eyes. Oh, my God. Like, why well, would they do that? I mean, why do, why do we have to continue try to fix what's not broken? I mean, I... I do, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're sure, but you're still charging fifteen dollars. What what difference? You say up to five people. That's still five dollars a person. I, Capitalism. I, that's all it is. That's Capitalism. all it is. They're that's just it. like, you know, and, and and in the meantime, every time you like a show, they cancel it. <laughs> yeah, or they only do two seasons. Right. They yeah, leave you hanging. Right. They literally leave you hanging on shows. And be like, well, we're going to charge you more. And now you can't share your password. Like, what? Sir, what? This, has been, this has been a whirlwind of emotions today. And <laughs> I mean, I think spending some time, we did this, we had this conversation, uh, I believe, with George Floyd, or we had we yes. had some other dialogue and, and spent some time on that and talking through that. Hopefully, you know, our listener, listeners got some value from what we said. Um, I think, I think these are the types of conversations people have are uncomfortable having. And I, I welcome it. I think it's, I think it's a great conversation. Um, we went, we just went on a roller coaster and I always, every week I always value and appreciate that we get to connect. So where do people find you? Okay. Um, I got something new today. Oh. So today, um, launched a new social media uh website and it's not an app yet but it will be an app it's called spoutable s-p-o-u-t-i-b-l-e spoutable.com it is a uh, uh pleasant um alternative to twitter mm. it's made by this guy named christopher boozy uh he had about 200 something thousand pre-registered people that were going to use it and he blew that out of the water. It launched last uh, this today, and he's already adding servers and everything. But it is if you've ever used Twitter, it looks like Twitter, but without a lot of the nonsense. So, um, because he has a security program that he uses called Bot Sentinel for, he uses it for Twitter as well. It keeps the bots away. Um, it keeps the Nazis away. And a lot of that garbage that Elon Musk has allowed back onto Twitter and all those forced things like Elon Musk forces things into your feed and um, you can't edit on Twitter. So all the things, most of the things people hate about Twitter, 
spoutable, eliminated. And some things you wanted, like be able to edit things and not have to worry about, you know, target harassment because women get a lot of harassment. Jewish people get harassment. Um, the LGBTQI community gets a lot of harassment. He's eliminated that. Wow. And there's no charge. It's free. And it just launched. So pre-registered people were able to, to get on. Like, I'm on it now. And then most everyone else can get on by two, uh, by the six, which is Monday. How did you get and on so early? I was a beta tester. So I was a follower of his and he would follow me and he did an open call. He said he wanted journalists to get on early to try it out and to write about it, you know, good, bad or ugly. And so I was like, you know, I produced this magazine. I think I qualifies me as a journalist. So yeah. I reached out to him and said, hey, da, 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 da. And he said, oh, yeah, I, he said, I was going to ask you anyway. So I got in there and started playing around. I wrote a review of it. And um, it's on my it's on all my social media pages. And you know what? I've been using it today. Now, we crashed it because so many people got in. But he has added service throughout the day. And it's going to he said it's going to be fine. But it's nice. It's clean. You can edit like if you you. You, you don't tweet there, you spout. It's all spout, like a little whale spout kind of deal. Yep. And you can edit your things. You can do videos. It's just like Twitter. You can do all the good stuff. So it's there. And it is the first um, social media uh, Twitter alternative or app like that. It's not even an app. It's a website. It'll be an app pretty soon. That's owned by a Black person. Wow. And he released it on February 1st, first day of Black History Month. So you know what? I, I'm there. And I'm there under my name, Byron Clifton. Just look me up. And I'm also, I'll still be on Twitter for a while until this, you know, equalizes. But find me under my name there. Find me on my Amazon page where all my books are and stuff. And then if you aren't a subscriber to my free digital magazine, monthly digital magazine, Dear Dean Magazine, you know, just look me up and subscribe. It's a great magazine. I get writers from all over the country and other countries too that write about, uh, just write regular people or regular people like to write about. So whether it's uh, movies or family or travel or politics or gender or race, whatever, I give people the space to do that. So uh, try us out. Where can people find you, Jen? You can find me, well, hopefully soon to be on Spoutable because, yes. you know, Twitter is confusing to me. Like I go to, I don't yes. get to see everybody's tweets. If I go to you, I don't get yes. to see like you're doing. It's weird. Like if I go to Instagram, at least I can see everything that you've posted on Instagram. I don't, I can't see everything you've tweeted on Twitter. It's so weird. Uh, yes, it's a mess. Yeah. And Elon mess. Musk has made it worse. It's not chronological. No. There's stuff there. Yeah. So Spoutable is chronological. But the people you follow, you see their stuff is really nice. I like that. Right. Okay, good. And then redheaded uh, vegan on, so Jen Van Landen Veg on Instagram, redhead ve vegan on, redhead vegan on Twitter, which I won't be on there much longer. Um, big button, a smile on TikTok, which again, I'm just a lurker on there. I do most of my stuff. Uh, uh, TikTok to me is like watching three minute TV shows because it's quite entertaining. I've learned quite a lot and I've created some killer ass workouts to piss, uh, pissing, piecing together other fitness influencers just oh. on their workouts. So really great stuff. Um, and then so I forgot I, about that. We haven't talked about your, what your low, your current fitness uh, routine things are so maybe we'll, we'll, we'll hit that next week sounds good and you know what one final thing on the fitness before i go 
here's something I hate. Um, you go to the gym and when you go to a gym like CalFit, which is in California, people are supposed to put their weights away. So I get to the gym at 4.45, that opens at 4.30. I go to a section and there was fucking weights everywhere. So people used all the weights and then didn't put those fuckers back. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, fuck. so now I have to clean up a space, put people's shit away, clean it off because, you know, you try to clean off stuff after it's used or before you start to use it. So yeah, I hate that. I, I think it's good that we end our podcast with something I hate. <laughs> okay you know what i'm i know we gotta go i'm gonna add one to it i hate to see my mailman um, and right now it is mailman i hate to see him walk past my house without delivering me mail <laughs> i mean the rejection like i get my hopes up and today man that dude waved at me it just kept on going <laughs> He's a hey, like, loser. No one's sending you shit. <laughs> I was like, no. Just kept going. You're like, don't you even have one of those flyers or newspapers or penny penny savers? Something? Give me a penny saver or something. Give me one of those pizza flyers. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Okay, maybe we'll start ending our podcast with one thing we hate. Yes, yes. Anyway, have a great night. Talk to you next week. Peace out. Out. out.